The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour program here on X-Ray FM. The show is brought to us by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. I'm Jason Dennington. In today's Nonprofit Hour show, we'll be continuing in our series of conversations with candidates currently running for city council seats by hearing from Stuart Emmons, an architect and community activist who spoke with Phil Bussey during our most recent live show at the Waypost on North Williams. Also during the event, Phil spoke to Ben Dudley of the Positive Coaching Alliance, an organization that teaches parents and youth sports coaches how to foster true sportsmanship in their activities and gives children the lesson that mastery of skills can be a greater reward than die-hard competitiveness alone. We'll hear that interview in the second half of the show, and make sure to tune in next week as well to hear the third guest we had on the stage that night, Portland mayoral candidate David Shore. If you haven't yet checked out one of our live events, come on down to the Waypost on North Williams for our next event on Sunday, May 1st at 5 p.m., where we'll be speaking with City Commissioner Amanda Fritz and wildlife nonprofit Oregon Wild, as well as some live music from the band Irving. First up, we have some nonprofit news from a past guest on the show, Milagro Theatre. Miracle Theatre Group, aka Milagro, the Northwest's premier Latino arts and culture organization, was awarded $187,750 in grants during January through March 2016 for general operating support and to fund Milagro's artistic programming, arts education, and community engagement efforts. They were awarded $134,000 from the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation to be dispersed over four years to support their national touring and arts education programming operations and capacity building, as well as generous amounts from the Regional Arts and Culture Council, the Bloomfield Foundation, the E.C. Brown Foundation, Oregon Humanities, the Ford Family Foundation, the Hoover Family Foundation, and the Herbert Templeton Foundation. Congratulations to the Milagro Theater, who for more than 30 years has been providing extraordinary Latino theater, culture, and arts education experiences for the enrichment of all communities in the Pacific Northwest and across the country. For more information about Milagro, visit www.milagro.org or call 503-236-7253. We'd also like to send congratulations out to Deborah Steinkopf, who was the former head of Bradley Angle and is now the new executive director of AIDS advocacy and support organization Our House, where she is replacing Wayne Mia, who has recently retired from the post after many years of great work there. Both have been past guests on the Nonprofit Hour show, and we wish all the best to Deborah Steinkoff in her new position and Wayne Mia in his well-earned time for himself. And now to kick off the recordings from our last live show, Here's the house band for the evening, Irving, followed by Phil Bussey speaking with city council candidate Stuart Emmons.
Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. We are on our third live recording here at the Waypost on, on North Williams. You know, and, and we've, we figured most talk show hosts uh, have a band, and we figured, why not us then? So, yeah. super pleased to have uh, Irving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Josh Klutzkin and, yeah. and Chris Sarlis on the drums. Uh, a lot of noise for two, for two people. You're going to be hearing more from them between our interviews this evening. Uh, again, this is, uh, we're starting to do these live recordings a, a couple months ago and so pleased to, to have them. And today we are bringing on a couple candidates as well as an executive director from a local nonprofit. Our Stuart Emmons is our first city council candidate. Welcome. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, thanks for nice coming in. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. And, um, I, and, and because you are, you're running for uh, position four. Uh, yes. I, I do need to say you're, you're running against Steve Novick. I you, am. I am. Are you, uh, I know that one of the candidates in the race is defined by running against Steve Novick. Are you defined by who you're running against? No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Is that the right answer? Yeah. In, in a word, it's, yeah. it, it is an answer. Good. Uh, there are no right answers here. Uh, Stuart, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about where you're coming from and, and why you decided to jump into the race. Did you just wake up one morning and think that that'd be a good idea? Yeah, I did. I did. Fantastic. Was it was it a Monday? Was it a Tuesday? Was it a Wednesday? Um, Josh, what day was that? Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. Um, I, I'm an architect and an urban designer and a community activist and a school activist. And um, I am really concerned about where the city's going. And I, um, I really felt that I have a really good skill set. And I feel like City Hall hasn't been doing much of anything in the last three years. You just said a lot in about 30 seconds, so we're going to spend some time picking those okay. apart. So, so you, you are, let's talk about uh, your community, your activism. Mm -hmm. how, how has that played out for you over the years? Um, well, uh, I helped save Memorial Coliseum. Um, that was, uh, learned a lot from that. Um, I um, was involved in the Occupy movement uh, against uh, the big banks uh, foreclosing on people's properties and trying to protest their auctioning off good people's homes and feeding our uh, homeless, our already bad homeless situation. And um, anything else that I can um, stir up, I like doing. And, and why, why city council? Why, why are you looking at city council? Why not county commissioner? Why not the school board? Because uh, school board, I, I love schools, but I think schools are just part of this, uh, one of the uh, dots, if you will. The I just want to pause here. So, yeah. so just uh, for, the, for the record, so you're pro-school? I'm very pro-school. Okay, not yeah. anti-kid? <laughs> well, I These are radical statements I, I talked to some political people and they thought that would probably be a bad platform to run on. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm pro-schools. Excellent, excellent. Pro-kids, yeah. Wild, wild platform know, to be running on. Platform. <laughs> Um, so, you, so, so I interrupted you and you're explaining okay. why it's not okay. city, why city council and why not school board, why not county commission, which does a lot of the social services. Well, one thing is housing. Um, you know, I've done a lot of housing for homeless and affordable housing in my career, and I went out to this uh, modular project I did for NEA, and we did nine units, and uh, we housed people that were formerly homeless, and um, you know, it felt so good. But it was nine people, and I want to make, you know, thousands. I want to have more of an impact, and I and um, city halls where I could have that impact. Let's 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 keep um, exploring that a little bit more. Sure. How how what has city hall done right 
from homelessness, you know, rolling the clock back 10, 15 years. Yeah. Eric Sten was a, ve a very active city uh, commissioner yeah. who had uh, his 10-year plan to end homelessness. Mm -hmm. That decade has come and gone. Right. Um, what has City Hall done well that, that you would like to see more of? Or if you haven't seen it here in Portland, are there cities that are doing things well that you'd want to repeat here? So I guess we can't have dead air on uh, the radio. So, but uh, no, this city hall. I, I don't. Uh, you know, I know about the ten-year plan, and um, we've built. Uh, we have built homeless housing um, at you know very very expensive unit cost, and uh, we're not building enough of it. There's not enough uh, outrage and passion in city council to get more housing built, and and also just creative thinking and setting goals and achieving goals. And, um, you know, we're just, we've hardly moved the needle in the last three years, especially. And um, I, I feel like we're moving the deck chairs around. I, I, I want to get on to council and build more housing. And, and I mean, it's both building more housing. That is obviously one large piece of the puzzle, but then it's another uh, larger framework than is affordability. Um, can you speak a little bit more about how, as a city councilor, you can help uh, put the brakes on, on rising prices, or yeah. what would you do towards uh, creating affordability so even once people are in housing, they can afford to stay there and can afford other parts of their lives? Right. Well, you know, City Hall can only do so much, but first of all, for the affordable housing crisis is feeding our homeless crisis. So um, we have to address that. And I'm really, in, you know, I'm a renter now after the recession, and I get it. You know, I. I, uh, I feel what everybody else feels. We always feel like we're a paycheck away from uh, going out on the street. So I think there needs to be a form of renter's rights. I think we ought to get inclusionary zoning in. I think we ought to um, expedite the production of housing in, a, in the right areas. And, um, and you know, on the other, the other side of it, um, I think we ought to have, um, you know, build, uh, you know, in some of our lower income areas, get, it goes back to schools, you know, get kids educated, get them graduated, get them into higher paying jobs, and um, so um, so we can grow income in the city of Portland too. Um, because this is the nonprofit hour, can you talk some about uh, nonprofits that you've worked with or nonprofits in, in, in the housing area that, yeah. that you're really excited about? Um, well, Northwest Pilot Project, um, I haven't worked with them, but I love Northwest Pilot Project. Susan Emmons is one of my favorite people in Portland and she's a huge homeless advocate and um, and has been you know behind trying to um, maintain and build homeless housing in downtown for years. Um, I've worked for NEA quite a bit for the last 10 years and and that's been a wonderful experience. Native American Youth. Yeah the Native American Youth and Family Association or Center and um, I really got a through that my work with NEA I really got a feel for um, the need for housing, and they had a lot of issues with domestic violence and sub substance abuse, and you know it really gave me a, a window into um, into the, uh, some of the problems and how to and how to solve them. And yeah, because uh, Stuart, we just jumped right into talking about uh, affordable housing and livability uh, as as far as issues for council. Uh, let's talk about the race a little bit. How's how's it going? Are you having fun? Yeah. I'm having, I really am having fun. I, I, I am. I've, I've met 
you know, I really love this town, and I really want to, you know, it's kind of going a little sideways right now, and I want to help it, but I have met so many great people all over the city, and uh, I've, I feel like I'm going back to college. You know, I've learned um, a lot about the Superfund site, and I've learned a lot about um, a lot of issues that, um, you know, I knew a lot about housing, and, um, but it's really a, a very great educational experience, and listening to a lot of really smart people and, and passionate people in the community has been a wonderful experience. Do you like and respect your opponents, or do you do you would you wish that there was some sort of like mud wrestling component <laughs> to this to this race? Or is that a plural or a singular? <laughs> I, I, you mean, are we talking about all the opponents? You or can talk. Just you, one? you can talk about whoever you want. Okay. Um, well, let's just talk about one. I mean, I, I had breakfast with Steve uh, before the last race. He wanted to get my endorsement. And you know he's a really smart guy, and he's he's funny. Um, and um, the only problem is he's in the wrong job, you know. And and some of his supporters have said that to me too. They just look me straight in the eye, and they're glad I'm running. And you know it's just um, I I like local issues. I like housing. I like helping people. And um, and I like setting priorities that really um, have a positive impact on the community. And, and is it tricky being the challenger? Because, I mean, obviously Steve Novick has great name recognition. I mean, he, he had a very strong run for, for Senate with some, some really yeah. high profile and, and catchy ads. And yeah. uh, he, has, he has been on council and his name is out there because of his job. And, and, and it, is it difficult to be the challenger? Is it difficult to, to get a foot in the door? No, I got a good foot in the door. I've uh, got a lot of issues. I think this whole prior, you know, we've got a lot of big, big issues that are not being addressed at City Hall right now. I mean, it feels like we're, you know, distracted and these, uh, you know, Steve's been working on uh, don't drive around the block, park and walk and diagonal street crossings in the Pearl District and faster bus service on 122nd while we have a, you know, 1,800 people on our street, 47 people died last year on our street, all these statistics. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff that we ought to be talking about and a lot of priorities that ought to be um, set uh, for the next four years. Stuart Emmons is a candidate for Portland City Council. Uh, Stuart, if people want to find out more about you or if they want to uh, endorse or, or donate, how do they do that? StuartEmmons.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, thank you. And did you, you, we usually ask our guests to have a song. Uh, do, you, do you have a campaign do you have a theme song for your campaign? That's a trick question. Um, it don't come easy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Good Phil. luck with the rest of the campaign. Okay. Thanks.
back onto the stage now that was uh Stuart emmons uh, uh on the spot chosen campaign theme song uh we're bringing back now irving welcome back thank you I, and so why you why irving we live on irving street oh wow that's that's really clever the band started on irving street we practice on irving street we couldn't come up with anything else I mean, you, you, you live on the corner, actually, uh, I know you, Josh. I, I, you live on the corner of 13th and Irving. I'm so much glad, I, I, I don't know, 13th? Uh, Chris? Couldn't have been a name? No, no. We, it, had, it had to be Irving. It had to be Irving. Even if we hadn't lived on Irving Street, we probably still would have come up with Irving. And did you guys meet because one of you was banging on the drums and the other one was playing the bass and you were like, I can't get any sleep at night? We actually live in the same building and Chris, is a drummer and I had like heard stories of her playing before and I was not really a bass guitar player but I, there's this little room next to the boiler room in our building in the basement underneath 13th Avenue and I wandered in there and Chris was playing the drums one day and we started playing music together and that was it so if you if you are walking down 13th Avenue you put your ear like to the ground you can hear us practice Wonderful. Well, let's, uh, we, we don't have to put our ear to the ground. Let's just, uh, you guys can just belt it out right here.
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Nonprofit Hour from the Media Institute for Social Change on X-Ray FM. To become a supporting member of the Media Institute and find out more about their work, you can visit mediamakingchange.org. Members receive annual benefits and support programs such as the Nonprofit Hour and the Summer Documentary Program. The Nonprofit Hour is also brought to you in part by generous support from Pacific Continental Bank and BusinessWorks. Find out more at www.therightbank.com or www.businessworkspdx.com. Next up, we'll tune back in to our last Nonprofit Hour live show and Phil Bussey's talk with Ben Dudley of the Positive Coaching Alliance. Here's Phil. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. We are recording live on one of our Sunday evening shows at the Waypost. That was, uh, why not, let's call them the house band, uh, Irving. We're now joined with Ben Dudley, who is the executive director for the Portland chapter of Positive Coaching Alliance. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, I, I think it's sort of, it's, it's, it's funny, ironic, fitting that we're bringing in someone who is, uh, works with, with Positive Coaching Alliance, which is about sportsmanship. And you are <laughs> between, uh, we're talking to candidates for city council in the mayor's race right now. That's right. I think we could teach them some things, right? I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. No, I think it's important. I mean, one of the things that we've seen with um, the Positive Coaching Alliance, and we'll talk, we'll get into what that really means, but it, what we teach, it goes so far beyond sports, and it goes into life, and that's exactly why sports is such a great avenue to teach life lessons and to build character. So, yeah, this stuff really can apply to politics and it applies in the business world so yeah yeah absolutely and I, th- I think that that does get lost sometimes that sports are really a metaphor and not the be-all end-all you know they're a metaphor for achieving in academics achieving in in, in your professional life totally. uh, teamwork towards relationships all those sorts of things right I mean what's the goal at the end of the day is the goal to win the championship and get the big trophy and be the very best that you can be? Yes. Or is it, yes. Uh, oh, right? oh no. sorry, sorry, wrong answer. Or can you, can you try for that and along the way also learn about life and struggle and winning and losing and integrity and all these things that sport can teach? Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's use that as a jumping off, sports, uh, jumping off spot. So the Positive Coaching Alliance, that's, it's a national organization. It is. It's, this is our 18th year. We, um, Portland was the 14th chapter. We just launched New York as our 15th chapter. And our goal by the year Portland 20... Portland always in front of New York, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, it's important. Yeah, we want to make sure that <laughs> distinction is made. And before Seattle, so... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So no, but we're, we, um, our goal through Positive Coaching Alliance is to develop what we call better athletes and better people by providing um, youth uh, positive character building experience through youth sports. And, and so let's just hone in on that. So you're, ta- you're talking youth five through teenager through high school. We're, we're not talking college level here. Where, where's where's uh, the sweet spot that you guys are focusing on? It is the high school and youth sports, I mean, like you said, but it, does, it, does, it is relevant to college as well, I mean, for sure. And, and I think what we've seen in college is it's become more of the win-at-all-cost um, sports mentality that you'd see with professional sports, which is really an entertainment industry. So it's all about making money, and so then at the end of the day, if you're trying to make money, you have to be the best. 
And so the goal is different there than what it should be with your nine-year-old or your 10-year-old. And so Positive Coaching Alliance, I'm assuming then that you're focusing on the coaches for these teams. Is that correct? We have developed what we call our development zone. And we, we work with the leaders of the organizations. So, for instance, we've been working with Portland Public Schools. They have the Portland Interscholastic League, the PIL. And they have signed on for the next three years where their ADs are going through leadership training of how, to, how do they manage and work with their coaches. And inside the development zone, then you move to coaches. And, and we call the coaches double goal coaches. So as a coach, you're focused on not only trying to be the best on the field, but also the life lessons, the character development, so it's better athletes and better people. And then we move into a fun arena, which is the parents. And we call them second goal parents because as a parent out there, your job isn't to coach. You're, you're not supposed to be on the, up in the stands telling the players what to do. Hustle, run, you know, throw it, because it's confusing for your kid. That's the job of the coach, right? So we work with parents to give them tools. So when they see their kid after the game, the first question isn't, well, did you win? It's, man, I liked watching you play, or how did you have fun, or what did you learn from this experience? And then, and, then one, and then the final piece is the athletes. And so we actually do work with all of them. But it, yeah, the core, it starts with the coaches. I, I want to just hover on the, the, the parents for a little bit, because one assumes that you have to have a willingness of your audience to participate. So how, how are the parents finding out about you, or how are you reaching the parents to provide them these ideas of limitations of, of what their role should be, as well as what's an appropriate interaction with their, with their kids. What we try to do is we go out and try to connect with anyone and everyone that's doing youth sports in the state of Oregon and Southern Washington. That's, a, that's our charge here with the local chapter, but across the country, there's, there's been over 40 million youth playing youth sports at a time. And we will connect with the leadership and, and partner, and, and any youth sports organization can, can find us and partner with us where we go in and, and, we, and we lead these workshops where they're interactive workshops where people can dialogue and learn and we present information and it's a, it's, it's a conversation with the people. And a lot of leagues will mandate and say, look, if your kid's going to play in our league, you have to come to this workshop. Because one of the things that we teach is if it's all about culture. And if the expectation is that you're going to raise the bar and say parents have to act a certain way, uh, you need to enforce that and be able to and, and educate the way you want it to be. So we, we encourage that, you know, it's, it's a part of the mandate that you come. And then, and then we have parents who have experienced it the wrong way where they're just like, man, my kid had a terrible experience and they seek us out and they want to learn and they want to know. And, and, and because this is the nonprofit hour and some of what we talk about is not just what you're doing, but how it's happening uh, from, from even a business standpoint. Because it, obviously, sure. Positive Coaching Alliance, very successful, like you said, has opened uh, more than 15 chapters uh, and, and somehow you're making money. So are they, are they contracting you? Is this grant money? How, how, where is that coming from? It's a combination of, of several things. So as a nonprofit, obviously, we're doing development work. We're going out and raising money in the community to try to help, um, one, offer workshops to groups who can't afford workshops. So we do third-party workshops for underserved communities or nonprofits that want to work with us. And then we're also raising funds to, to champion the cause and get in front of people and build awareness. Because a big part of culture change is the awareness that needs to be... you got to raise the banner and raise that up high. And we've been really fortunate to have some 
some big groups come along and say, we want this in our state. So the trailblazers are seed funders with us and the, the Portland Timbers and Thorns are also, they're buying in and saying, this is important to us that we provide this for youth in this area. And so that has really helped. And then we do have um, a, a, a pay model where people can can partner with us and, and pay for the, the workshops. And, and, we, and we, we get a lot of funders that appreciate that, that we do have um, income instead of just totally surviving on handouts and, and raising money, that we are generating some money. And it's a, it's a greatly reduced cost for organizations that want to work with us. But we found that when people have a little skin in the game and they buy in, they're going to they're gonna own it instead of just giving something in there. They take it for granted. So that... This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking with the Executive Director, Ben Dudley, for the Portland chapter of the Positive Coaching Alliance. Ben, I want to just do some quick quizzes here. All right. Can you give me a quick definition of how do you, what's the definition of good sportsmanship? Good sportsmanship, we would say it's honoring the game. It's respecting the roots, which is respecting the rules, your opponents, the officials, your teammates, and yourself. Who's your favorite Hollywood sports movie coach? It's a great question. I grew up, Hoosiers was my all-time favorite movie. And it's hilarious because I jokingly tell people, Gene Hackman taught me how to coach. It was a terrible example, right? And so the first time I went out and coached sports, with, I had a basketball team, and I decided, okay, I'm going to be Gene Hackman. And I get out there, and at the end of the season, the kids hated me. We didn't ever get to shoot and practice they had to you know they you know i did the whole thing thinking oh we're gonna have the movie scene moment and we didn't we didn't have it so yeah gene hackman i guess is for good and bad reasons um muhammad ali is one, one of my heroes uh um would he be considered a good sportsman with all of his trash talking or or not i think so in some regards i mean muhammad ali has really set the standard of um, just what it means to be a champion and he's well known for what he did outside of the ring as much as he is inside for champion human rights. Um, and, and the trash talking that he did, I think a lot of it was more about um, himself. It wasn't so much tearing down his opponent. It was just talking about himself and having that pride in who he was. And, and then also he's an entertainer. It's a, and that's the difference, right? So we're not talking about 10-year-olds. We're talking about a professional person who's making a lot of money to be, be a public figure. And so, yeah, being, being the person who's getting people excited and is part of his job. But a 10-year-old, I don't know that we want them out there doing the same thing. Like, you know, it's just different. It would be a little strange for a 10-year-old to be out there <laughs> claiming to be the greatest. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that line, though, I think it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, Positive Coaching Alliance, you're teaching about sportsmanship, but there's also, where's the line then with, with competitiveness? Because you are uh, going to battle against another team or you're working against an opponent. There is a line there that sure. has to be difficult to try to describe to a 10-year-old. Or is it difficult? Well, I think... For us, what we've seen is the pendulum's gone too far both ways. We've seen win at all costs. It's, uh, you know, if you're not helping me win, you're on the bench, you don't get to play. And it's just this real extreme culture where kids are, are being used as commodities. And then the other extreme is everybody's a winner, everybody gets a trophy, we don't keep score. And so we've actually removed the sport part of it. So there's no actual true competition. And we actually believe that 
through teaching the mastery approach to the sport. So you can control things like your effort. And you can control how much you're willing to learn through it. And you can control if you can learn from mistakes. And so in a win-at-all-cost mentality, mistakes would be frowned upon, right? You can't make a mistake. You're out. But in a mastery approach, mistakes are the things that help you learn and grow. And so you're going to continue to get better. And so we, you know, that's kind of the way we look at it is um, you know, we try to encourage the mastery approach with young kids so that they see the long game. But we don't try to remove competition. I, I'm a competitive person. I want to win. Absolutely want to win. But that's not the end goal for me. You know, the end goal is to is to be better and, and try to make the world better. And you grew up in Texas, correct? This is true. But and, I'm an Oregonian. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that difference. I think of Texas and I think of Friday Night Lights. And Friday I think of, Lights. you know, really the importance of prep sports there is, is, is a, it's, it's a very important dominating uh, theme in the culture of Texas. You, it's, Texas gets a rap that, that's so unique to Texas, and it's because of the, it's done in do, the dominance of football and, and how popular it is there. But that culture of this domineering sports culture that's, you know, runs the town, that's not remiss from Oregon either. I mean, you go onto a youth soccer field or a little league, and, and you're going to see the same stuff. You're going to see parents who are living out their frustrations and their dreams through their kids, and you're going to see kids that aren't having fun. And 70% of kids drop out of youth sports by the age of 13 years old now. So we're talking about, you know, the majority of our kids. We have this obesity crisis and we have and what we've described we we decided oh that everyone has adhd and we have all these problems well our kids just aren't active anymore like they aren't out there just being able to run and exercise and our bodies are created as these holistic things and yeah so i i yes texas has the friday night lights thing but man Youth sports has that all over, I think. And that's, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, you did, you grew up in Texas. You're now here in Oregon. You have a lot of insights into uh, youth sports here. You're also, you're part of an organization that has chapters throughout the country. Is, is there, how much difference do you see uh, in the definition of sportsmanship uh, and the attitude of competitiveness in terms of regionality? Um, Obviously, you just talked about some of the common denominators, but is there a difference in, in those ideas? What I, I think you'll find in most communities is you'll find parents who want their kids an opportunity to play, and then they decide, oh, the, I'm going to be the coach because I love my kid and I want to spend time with my kid. And the parent was never trained on working with children. We, we give them so many... Uh, lessons on the X's and O's of the sport, right? And so we, and so parents will get out there and they might have played, let's say, basketball and then they watch some videos and they learn some drills and they get out there and they're like, I know how to coach this sport, but I don't know how to work with 10-year-olds. You know, I have a hard time with my own kid and then all of a sudden you're giving me 12 and I have to know how to talk about spatial awareness or getting in a line or not getting in a line or listening. And, and so until we start to um, offer training on how to work with kids and the developmental components that it takes to work with children, I think you're going to find these issues in any region of the country. Ben Dudley is the executive director of the Portland chapter of the Positive Coaching Alliance, and you have a song to take us out?
I do, but before I tell you about the song, I want to tell you about an event we have coming up, if that's okay. Absolutely. So one of the, part of the thing is we're trying to raise and change the culture is we want to bring opportunities for people to come and learn about these issues. And so we're going to do an event called Chalk Talk at the Mission Theater on April 21st. And we're bringing in Terry Porter, the former Blazer, who's just been named the head coach of the University of Portland Pilots. And we have Nick Carlin Voigt, who's the men's soccer coach at UP. Um, our founder, Jim Thompson's coming. Colleen Little, who's a two-time NCAA champion with UP. And Lamar Hurd. And they're all going to get 15 minutes to share about character in sports and their own experience. And then we'll do a panel discussion at the end. So it's going to be a fun night. Um, you can check out on our website, portland.positivecoach.org, to learn more. And we'd love to have people come. And, and for us, it's about you know education and trying to build the awareness and raise that flag of there's a better way to do this. Sounds like a great event. So then for a song, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing because I chose a couple of different ones. But since we talked about Friday Night Lights, I'm going to go out with a song called Your Hand and Mine by Explosions in the Sky, which was the soundtrack to Friday Night Lights. Wonderful. Ben, thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Bro. All right.
We've now come to the end of this week's Nonprofit Hour show. The show has been produced and edited by myself, Jason Dennington, and is recorded at the production studios of X-Ray FM. You can follow us on Facebook or via our Twitter handle, at Nonprofit Hour, and find archives of past shows on our SoundCloud page or now on the iTunes Store podcast. If you'd like to make a comment or suggestion about an organization we should profile on a future show, please send an email to nph at mediamakingchange.org. We'd like to thank our guests on the show this week, City Council candidate Stuart Emmons, Executive Director of the Positive Coaching Alliance, Ben Dudley, and Josh and Chris from the new Nonprofit Hour Live house band, Irving. We'd also like to thank the Media Institute for Social Change, our regular hosts, Phil Bussey and Julie Falk, KXRY Radio X-Ray FM, our supporters, Pacific Continental Bank and Business Works, and most of all, to you, our regular listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a great week and join us again next week at noon on Monday for the Nonprofit Hour Show.